0: and welcome to another iTalk Business uh, with TUI. Um, I'm delighted to be joined today uh, by Mark Wiley from Flag's, Flagship Solutions. Hi, Mark. How are you? Good, Paul. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well, thanks. Um, well, I, I think always the, the best place to, uh, to kick off one of these, Mark, is uh, if, if maybe you can just tell people a little bit about uh, who uh, Flagship Solutions are and what they do
1: sure appreciate it so um, flagship solutions group we are a um, managed service provider we're a little bit of a hybrid in the sense that we also do uh, resale of hardware and software pre- predominantly ibm and red hat but most of those are integrated into solutions that we deliver either on-prem or in a hybrid cloud manner then there's a whole part of our business that is totally 100 percent managed services for customers Doing things like patch management, cybersecurity, data analytics. Um, so th- that's a little bit of an overview. We um, we have our own NOC. Uh, that we run out of Boca Raton here, but at the same time, all the engineers are geographically interspersed uh, across the United States. So even when COVID hit, all of our engineers were already, for the most part, working out of home. So. That from that perspective, COVID was a non-disruptive environment, it's actually allowed us to grow even more and faster with customers that you know need to outsource or what I would even call outtask different functions as things have evolved over the last couple of years.
0: So um, it, it is because you got to excuse me here, and I'm Mark. Because anybody who's ever listened to my to my iTalks, they know that I'm a software guy. So, uh, so companies like yours, you know, it, it's, it may come as a surprise to you. I'm I'm not familiar with 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 all of the um, what I would term the hardware guys uh, who are out there. So, it has flagship been around for quite a while.
1: So, first of all, I heard you were a softy, nothing to do with software. So, I don't know. <laughs> if you got to
0: oh, the truth is out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so, flagship we started in the fall of '08. Uh, Part of that, though, I was with uh, two of the largest uh, IBM partners. In the US. Again, uh predominantly there, the resale of hardware and software. And you know, fr- from that perspective, the hardware business is a little different because what you're doing is you're providing infrastructure for customers many times across various industries. Um, those are typically more horizontal technology solutions. Now, as time has evolved, you know, we've gravitated towards some specific industries, sports and entertainment. Uh, is one about a year ago we ended up merging with another company out of New York uh, called data storage and they uh, with the merger it allowed them to uplist so we're now part of a NASDAQ company um, listed uh, under DTST and that's helped fuel uh, you know even more plans for growth we've raised some money as a part of that uplist and we're taking some of that for organic growth and then some of it we're looking at some acquisitions but I think right now we're well positioned, especially in the IBM world, because a lot of IBM customers in terms of the power side have not really uh, moved to the cloud or a lot of them are still maybe one rev or two behind from a hardware perspective. Why that's important is each time IBM comes out with a new uh, rev of hardware, um, typically you know your processing capability goes up by double. And of course, the price doesn't go up by double either. So it's, you know, it's a less expensive way as you continue to move up, but it requires making sure that all the software that you have, you know, back to your strength, will there's no dominoes that'll have a problem when you upgrade. And so that's why a lot of customers are afraid to upgrade maybe when it first comes out. And part of our job is to try to help them understand what it is that those dominoes could be and how to make a smooth transition, whether it's to an on-prem or you know hybrid, meaning that they're going to leave some on-prem and move some to the cloud, or move 100% to the cloud.
0: Yeah, so I, I should I, I do want to talk to you about about cloud, uh, Mark. But just, just before I do, sorry, I just want to come back and touch on this thing where you mentioned about um, sort of being being sort of your kickoff being really in sports entertainment. Um, you know, cause sorry, I got to tell you, when I hear that, I know having kids. I think wrestling. When I hear that term, sports entertainment. But I know that's that that's not it. Can, can you just expand on that, maybe a little bit for me? What, what what that is?
1: Well, one of our clients is called Professional Fighters League, which is sort of it's uh, the up and coming MMA league. So there is some wrestling involved in there, but but no, we, we actually got our start in professional football, um, and I think part of that was probably you know, I, I grew up working for a marketing guy uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, and at that time he was working with Sam Weish in the Bengals, so I think some of that might have rubbed off on me, but the uh, the bottom line is no teams are no different than regular customers in the sense that they have problems they need to solve, and technology in many cases, not all, but in many cases can help solve some of those problems or at least help reduce, you know, the negative impact of those. Uh, the challenge, though, with sports teams typically is that they don't have a large IT staff, so that's also an advantage from a managed services perspective because really as as i see people moving to the cloud part of it is whether they have the in-house skills and expertise to make that move and many don't some will go ahead and train their people which is good and important for you know career paths within a company but then there's others that just you know they want to keep doing what they're doing but they know they have to move with the times and they'll come to somebody like a flagship to basically say you know what is it that? Here's what we want to try to accomplish. Here's what we have, and here's where we want to go. What is it that we need to do to get there? And that's a big part of our our role today. Mm,
0: cool. So uh, coming back then to the cloud bit here, because this, this of course, uh, cloud and, and probably has been for about the last three, four years, and more so with the onset of COVID. You know, c- cloud became the, the the one of the marvelous buzzwords that's out there. But you 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 had this lovely expression when we were talking before that um, uh, which was uh, you called coffee in the cloud, so right. um, I'm I'm just going to let you loose with that, Mark. You go for
1: well, it. It, it. part of that is it's it, so first of all, flagship from just a uh, what do you want to call it? A sales perspective. We're very very relationship focused, meaning that you know we don't treat our customers either as numbers or just as customers. Uh, just about every customer we have. You know we we know multiple people up and down the account we're all about trying to help them accomplish their goals and their objectives so the whole coffee in the cloud is as opposed to coming in and trying to have a sales call where we would pitch that you need to buy this and five of these and three of those we're much more of an assessment base where again we come and try to understand what you're doing what what you have on site today or or what the current infrastructure you have and really where you want to go and and some of it is technically uh important and some of it's not for example uh, some customers won't move to the cloud but not because the technology isn't right but because they um they depend on depreciation on their books and um when you go from on-prem to cloud most of the time you're going from um to an opex model from a capex model so you know a lot of times the financials drive which direction that you go but back to the coffee in the cloud it's really an opportunity for us to sit we we provide a cloud readiness assessment as a part of it and again it's really trying to understand what you have come back provide recommendations and look to see you know how's the best way to move you to where you want to go whether it's on-prem off-prem or what i call a combo platter right so
0: hmm. <laughs> i like have a combo platter <laughs> the surf and turf in the cloud <laughs> <laughs> And you can have fries with that if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So um, so uh, I think one of the, the biggest concerns people have, and, and the, the, this this sort of crops up on uh, sort of like the help system server every year and all that, and I think it becomes even more of a concern with the cloud, is, uh, is that whole area of security, though. Um, you, you know, it, it, it's that thing of, you know, if the machine isn't on my premises... And it's not even that I have my machine in a data center. Suddenly cloud is that like one one step further removed. So are you finding that as an issue with people or? Well, so
1: initially, so first of all, to your point earlier, cloud is like this phrase that encompasses everything. Even the sun now is mm-hmm. cloudy. Um, so I, I think you have to be. As you get into these conversations, you have to be a little bit more specific, but I think, and I'm not meaning your question, but I think initially there was a lot of concern about security and the cloud. And it's what you said. It's the it's the unknown. It's not sitting. I can't hug the box. I can't look at it. But the the harsh reality is especially what I would call medium sized companies and a lot of household names are still medium sized companies when it comes to technology. The challenge is that they don't have a full-time dedicated IT staff. I was talking about sports entertainment. You know, they're they're notorious for having one or two people from a security perspective to guard, you know, let's face it. They're all, those are all household names, and people, both good people and bad people, are trying to access their systems on an ongoing basis. So what I've found is that when you move to the cloud, typically you have uh, – dedicated focused security services that are a part of the services that are being provided for that particular infrastructure so if anything, what I think is bearing out is that cloud in many respects is more can be can can be maybe it's not always but can be more secure than you running a system you know in your data center um, you know not just because of the cyber part but The other, a lot of times, the environmentals. I mean, I I went into a customer one day and they had an AS400 system literally sitting next to the water cooler. I mean, literally three feet from the water cooler. So I'm thinking to myself, what happens if that thing like breaks or the water stops, you know, the thing stops stopping the water and it runs all over. So, you know, many cases you you have that, plus you've got typically more redundancy in a, you know, cat five data center than you might have in a lot of customers uh, closet in the back where they run it all so you know security can take a lot of forms right it's not just cyber security but cyber security is typically to your point the one that most people think about mm.
0: yeah yeah so it, it one of the things i just want to maybe swing back on a little bit when, when you were talking about your staff and the distributed stuff and i know in conversation with you earlier um you have a pretty experienced uh workforce haven't you
1: yeah, we've been fortunate um, as a kid people, I'm old, so I've been around a long time and I know a lot of people. So I'll tell you that probably 80% of flagship are people that either work for me or work for people that are here that work for me or in some way or another are in this network of people that that we collectively know. So we've been fortunate in that respect, especially when it comes to engineering talent. You know, the, the challenges, especially in some of your legacy systems, is um you know the, the the workload keeps on and a lot of the people are retiring or doing other things so so i think that's that's been a challenge for us for the most part it hasn't been i will tell you though that and this is really kind of a I, I say post-covid i don't even know if we are really post anything but but at this current stage in our lifetime with covid how's that um is um i i do know several of our customers are having trouble hiring and retaining what I will call sort of and no disgrace to these jobs, but what I would call sort of mid to lower level IT skills, which are still important skills, but they're they're a lot of times it's what I would can what I think people consider to be some of the mundane tasks, like, you know, patches and updates and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And, and and back to your security question, those have become, you know, when we first got into the to the patch management business, we did it because it was part of the in, infrastructure play. Had nothing at that point in time really to do with security now it's front and center in security all these zero day viruses and all those things if you're not current they can exploit your system so but again it's not an exciting part of the job it's not a revenue producing aspect of it that's for certain now it could be a revenue draining if you get hacked because you don't have an upgrade and then you spend two months fighting a ransomware attack you know but uh, but the bottom line is is that um what we're seeing is a lot of our clients are having trouble with that sort of what i would call mid-tier engineering talent and i think that also makes it more ripe for managed service providers like us that have those kinds of skills on hand to be able to provide that service you know at a competitive rate to clients
0: sure thanks so um just before i forget it as well um just for people when we were talking about coffee in the cloud earlier um, and I think there probably will be an ad running beside this that you can just click on, and okay. um, and you guys are giving a free coffee uh, in in the cloud assessment. Right. Correct. Absolutely. That's cool. It's cool. Yeah. So um, so I would recommend to anybody you wanna wanna find out if the cloud is for okay. you that, that that's a good, that's a good that's place. that's
1: right. And see if you get those extra fries, you know, as we upsize.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> So listen we're we're just coming towards towards the end here Mark, and, and as always with these things i always like to end on something that's a, that's a little bit personal and when, when we were we were chatting earlier um you, you told me something that i i like this nothing to do with it computing anything like that but i i think this is just a wonderful legacy um that 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 that, that you you that you have so you want to tell people a little bit about riverfest yeah, so I appreciate
1: it. So um, when I graduated from high school, I ended up going right away into an internship. I mentioned uh, for a guy that was marketing a marketing agency, and he was also a member of the junior chamber of commerce for the JCs in Cincinnati. So when I was 19, um, well, actually, it's funny because I the first membership meeting I went to, I left as the newsletter editor. So to tell you, I think <laughs> I was set up. Actually, I know I was set up. But anyway, I. Um, But eventually, you know, I I became president of the organization. And and at 19, we started, we used to do different nonprofits. We had one called Fantasyland at Christmas, where the concept was basically like a haunted house at Thanksgiving or at uh, Halloween. But it was all the different rooms in Santa's house. And we raised money for the neediest kids of all in Cincinnati. So we started an event because we wanted something earlier in the year called Riverfest, which was Labor Day weekend. We started it back in 1977 and it's now literally the largest event in Cincinnati. I think three quarters of a million people attend it. WBN has been involved from the very beginning. We, we, they were our radio sponsor. Um, And so it's just kind of, it's kind of interesting. I saw something come up the other day about it, you know, promoting it for this fall. And uh, you know, only I was there. I remember the, the very first year, you know, we didn't know what to expect. And so early on a bunch of people showed up and some brought their own kegs of beer. So we couldn't figure out what they were doing there because we were selling beer. Um and, and then the first year they there were these big light poles, and they climbed up on the light poles and they're literally swinging off these light poles that are fifty feet in the air. So next year we um we put uh basically Vaseline around the poles and like uh, and and a little bit of a barbed wire well that didn't stop them they've got three people on top of each other got a got a big towel wiped off the vaseline climbed back up the thing so so that was the that was the first two years of Riverfest where we were scared to death people were going to die but in the end nobody did and fortunately they did figure out another way to prevent people from climbing those poles in the future and it's a it's a hugely successful event today so it's pretty cool
0: excellent something to be something to be very proud of i think yeah so Um, So, Mark, uh, thank you for taking uh, the time to talk to me. Uh, Continued success to you and to uh, Flagship Solutions. And uh, that's it for this uh, ITalk Business with TUI, everyone. Uh, So uh, thanks again, Mark. Yeah, thanks. uh, Okay, and bye, everyone. Uh, Tune in again for the next one. Have a great day. Bye-bye.